again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And we are going to talk tonight about a very timely topic. And that is the release of Paul McCartney 321, which premiered last week on Hulu. And uh, you and I have both seen all six episodes now with uh, Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney. And we're just going to have a little discussion tonight. This This got a lot of hype. Uh, we've, there were a lot of trailers and a lot of publicity about it. And uh, how, how did you feel when you first saw the trailer before anything came out? Were you excited? What were your feelings? I I was excited because I as, as, as sort of assumed because Rick Rubin was involved and so much of the footage was them kind of huddled around a mixing board. Uh, that we would get a lot of actual talk about the actual music, which mm-hmm. is, of course, you know me, Dave. That's that's what I, I I could care less about this and that story of uh, people's personal musicians' personal lives and yeah. childhoods, and I was dating this girl on that. <laughs> you know, I I'm more turned on by actually talking about the music. That's what we do a lot of here on this podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I was kind I was excited, thinking like, oh yeah, maybe it'll be that. But you didn't know. Maybe it would be a lot of fluff. Right. That's and it was also, I think, intended to be arty. Just from you could tell just from the trailer, the fact that it's in black and white, and it's I, I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I found it very dark. Like it was hard to see. Like they were almost always in yep. the shadows. Maybe that was intentional, uh, mm-hmm. but it was they were it was very dark. And then the color photos and videos that came in would be very striking in contrast yeah yeah but... in the footage of uh and i'm obviously we'll talk about this but uh, the footage of not just the beatles or, or paul but the footage of other musicians yeah other artists yeah the, and they when they come in in color and and you know it's Jimi hendrix singing color and stuff it's like really kind of very very striking very yeah cool. yeah definitely so, so, so I like that. I like the black and white and the mm-hmm. the sort of like and not just shadows, but sometimes the camera is like up on a balcony and shooting way down, and they're way down there. And yeah, they're barely in uh, frame. We're hoping that if you're listening to this, you've seen it or seen part of it because we're going to talk about it. But uh, a lot of almost everything takes place, and there's only a couple different venues. There's there's this looks like kind of a warehouse or a studio where you've got a, a big mixing board where that that's a huge part of the series. Then you mm-hmm. have another room where Paul's playing guitar. Uh, it looks yep. like, I don't know what that looks like. a Maybe like a meditation room. Yeah, or it did like have that. that kind of vibe. Yeah. And then, and then there, I think there's a piano probably to the left of where the mixing board is. Yes. And then all of a sudden the piano was gone and it was an organ <laughs> right. for a couple of episodes. So I think they just kind of, my feeling is they kind of mixed it up and they were like, Paul sit at the piano, tell some stories, play some stuff, and probably shot all of that like back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'll oh, come back on on next week and we'll do we'll do a little more. We'll have you sit, sit play some guitar and talk, yeah, tell some stories. And then, you know, Obviously, the, the the bulk of this is these sessions where he's there, they're there at the uh, soundboard, right? Potting things up and potting things down, and we're getting 
we're getting these great little uh, snippets of things we never never heard before. You know, screw ups in in one famously in one yeah, famous yeah. <laughs> moment. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I, it's good description of like there's a few different little spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and just on the mechanics of it, it's divided up into six episodes, each of which has a, t- a name that's a quote from the episode or is discussed or we have these things you bring together the notes that like each mm-hmm. other the people we loved were loving yes. us uh, like professors in a laboratory couldn't you play it straighter and the long and winding road so you've got yeah. got that they're all about a th- about 30 minutes or less roughly each so about three hours total and i don't i'm not I I know who Rick Rubin is, and I know of his work with Johnny Cash. I think that's where I first heard of him, with those yeah. those albums on American. I think that was the name of the label, American Recordings. Yeah, did those with Johnny Cash. I know he's also known as a sort of a pioneer of hip hop, or he was very involved in that, right? Yeah, well, he is the co-founder of Def Jam uh, Recordings, so um, with Russell Simmons, uh, right? So. You know, they're involved in, in the early, like, uh, Beastie Boys, uh, Public Enemy, kind of run DMC, kind of like that. Uh, 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 the sort of a start of a, a kind of hip-hop in New York mm. uh, mm-hmm. becoming like a big, big uh, uh, to-do. He's obviously branched out from that and <laughs> worked, you know, with uh, all kinds of different artists over the years. So... How did you feel about him as the kind of host? Uh, pretty mixed, I would say. I felt mm-hmm. that he, he he was clearly a fan. I think some of his questions... Well, that brings us to... I mean, the broader question is, who is this for? And I think some of his questions were kind of simplistic and maybe for the, the simpler fan who doesn't really know much. Uh, but I, I think he was... You know, he just seemed like very happy to be there and very in awe of Paul. And he kept saying "Wow" all the time. Yeah, or like amazing, amazing. Yeah, amazing. So, I, I, he, I think Paul felt the dynamic between them struck me that Paul seemed like he knew he was the, the guy, and so he, he was kind of yeah. comfortable talking about. Well, it. it this was produced by Paul, right? Both of them it, it produced yeah. by uh, mm-hmm. his. Um, Late, like MPL you, you and, see it MPL at yeah. the end of the thing. So obviously he, I think they, I'm one guess that they talked it over ahead of time and was like, let's keep the focus on pr- probably Rick Ru. I think Rick Ruman did a, it probably, I, I feel probably like he did a slightly better job than you do, but mm-hmm. because he did keep the focus on who do we want to hear? We want to hear yeah, Paul talking yeah. about it. But I did think he had a couple insights uh, uh, along the way. Um, maybe I'll bring up one or two of the specific ones where he would point out, particularly when they were listening. To yes, something. yes. And he'd he'd point out, you know, the the main song's doing this, but you've got the rhythm section doing this other thing. There were a couple moments like that that I thought he did a really good job of kind of pointing out some things that the casual listener would not right pay 
pay any attention to. Yeah, I think like that's a good point. I think he was strongest when he was doing what he does, which is pr- be a record producer and listen and critique music. And so when they would move the uh, slide faders up and down and stuff, and, and then he would uh, he would ask ask Paul like, why did you put the play make the bass sound like this on while my guitar gently weeps, or why did you it sounds heavy metal or you know these yeah. certain certain things. And I thought that was good. That pushes Paul. He can't just fall back on his old favorite the stories which unfortunately the series does have some of the old chestnut stories in it but yeah i think when when rick rubin keeps it on the music then it's really that's that to me was the most interesting and successful stuff what'd you think of the uh just to start to get in go through them like i very prominent in the first episode particularly is the gum chewing wait wait <laughs> Paul is really the, Paul's really <laughs> chopping away at the gum. And I got a message from uh, one of our one of our friends of the show Barnabas. Mm. And he's his theory is that Paul's chewing gum to help his voice. And oh, that I know that Dave yeah. Grohl is a big proponent of uh, uh gum chewing uh, huh. being something that he does because he chews gum throughout a Foo Fighters concert because he's like, well, when I scream or whatever, then I've got some lubrication here for my throat. So he, uh, Barnabas was That's... was uh, heavy on the gum chewing. Dave Grohl ta- ta- <laughs> taught him how to gum chew theory. So well, that that may be something. You know, who else chewed gum when he performed was John Lennon in a, yeah. in a bunch of shots. You think of him in the "All You Need Is Love" video. He's chewing gum. So maybe there's something to that, keeping your voice uh, lubricated. But yeah, so that first episode, uh, the the clip is or the the synopsis paul mccartney shares stories from the early days shedding new light on his relationships with john lennon and george harrison welcoming an outside musician into the studio impacts one of the beatles most famous songs yeah yeah and they uh they can't cover a lot in the first episode. Yeah. I've, i felt like the first episode had a great pace and, yes. and they really covered a lot so they they go through here there and everywhere all my loving uh michelle yeah uh sergeant pepper and will with a little help from my friends and while my guitar gently weeps they talk a little ec yeah yeah and you know and a lot of histrionics in the first <laughs> give me these wah-wah pedals yeah. remember that yes <laughs> some good moments in there <laughs> uh, yeah of that, of those songs, I think the most interesting for me was the Michelle. Uh, that he really got into the chords. He talked about how he and George went to across Liverpool and found uh, sound like an F sharp seven chord, or maybe a sharp nine something, uh, and they they used it later. And then Rick Rubin, they kind of showed how it came into the actual song. And John, you know, it was that was cool. I like that. Oh yeah, and 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 the the, the slowing the other part, portion as they talk yes. about how the song slowing down, yeah, uh, which kind of just sounds like a mistake or like yeah. they run out of gas is actually them trying to be like uh, Edith Piaf's song, My Lord, and they actually have Edith Piaf. That that's the, the this is the exciting thing I think about this documentary is like he's referencing Edith Piaf in footage, yeah. There she is singing. So, so uh, uh, like, uh, very well done, I thought. Same with uh, Jimi Hendrix in this one, and uh, and that goes throughout all the all the other episodes too. 
Um, what did you think of thinking of Lincoln, my love with you, the uh, <laughs> debut of, uh, he's like me and George, like uh, there was a commercial that said thinking. Yeah, that's we right. Liked it, so. He and George wrote uh, thinking of linking and it was funny. Uh, uh, I can see it didn't go anywhere, but it was kind of catchy actually. <laughs> I kind of yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a nice little moment hearing this thing that you've never heard before, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty good. So I really liked the first episode particularly. I yeah. That especially there was another great moment too, of when they were talking about all my loving, and you saw the the clips from Ed Sullivan, but uh, talking really dissecting John's rhythm guitar, and how yeah. he talked about how like you you play this thing for a long time, and how. John was just so into it and and just gave it his all on that kind of countryish kind of feel. So I like that sort of thing. That yes, I've heard that before, but heard the the riff before, but not not that way and not discussed that way. And so that was really neat for me to hear. Definitely. So I I uh, a pretty good uh, uh, when they get into that kind of thing. Of course, Rick Rubin, fantastic. Fantastic. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's got his he's got his Yoda. Uh I've seen him described as Yoda where he's, you know, got the long beard and has he's barefoot and wearing shorts and just kind of looking like he usually does. Uh, yeah. And Paul Paul is not looking like that. He's looking pretty spiffy. Now, in episode 2. By the way, all these episodes they start really cool with like uh uh the first one started with just uh, the vocals from here, there, and everywhere. Right, right. The second one starts with just the something strings. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. But what did you think of uh, the second episode? Paul explaining teaching piano. It's like <laughs> you, you got this. And then, oh, there's this figure. Yeah. This figure. And then it move it up again, and there, and move it up again. Now you got three chords. <laughs> and then he gets to like, and that's six, and that, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't need a job. I guess I should uh, quit my job as a professor of music theory and just let Paul do it because that's that just distills it all. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, once again, Paul, I still don't know. I I personally believe he knows a lot more than he lets on. I think Paul's image is very carefully calculated, and I think he still says that thing. I'm from Liverpool. It's not cool to read notes, and so you know, I don't need that, and you know I couldn't read, and so that's how he was showing. Like t- even though he, I know he knows more than he's letting on, but yeah, the teaching piano with this is a triad, and yeah, you put a C and then an E and then a G. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you've got a chord. I've got a chord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny, but they they covered finally got into some uh, solo stuff in the second episode. And it is a, a I, if there's a complaint of the uh, show, David, there, there's scant little uh, Paul Solo and Paul Wing stuff. Yes. In 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 here, including one very bizarre, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, choice, but uh, this one, this episode ad covered. Uh, oh, read the description again. Okay. So for episode two, Paul McCartney talks about his unique approach to musical compositions, influences from Bach, which I like, to Felicuti, and some of the innovations that made his music altogether unique. Yes. Uh, just just jump right, jumping right into that Felicuti stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Dave, I've recently just been really into Felicuti. So cool. that, that yeah. whole uh, 
that whole thing was really cool and yeah. they had some great footage of fella Cootie and he said he's like when the when the band uh came in i you know and i apparently he saw him down in uh uh 73 while while they were kind of recording uh uh, band on the run yeah nigeria kinda, yeah kind of where the story was and he said i wept mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah it's like it was so powerful i just wept so uh i thought that was great and then i really liked this not just the brandenburg concerto mm. footage they were going into talking about penny lane right right and talking about some of the other musicians they had talked about Eleanor Rigby and the strings on Eleanor Rigby, and then they, they that transitioned to talking about Penny Lane mm-hmm. and the piccolo uh, trumpet. Yeah. So he'd been watching the Brandenburg Concerto. So boom, here we go with this great footage of, of the Brandenburg yeah. Concerto. David Mason. Uh, yeah. David Mason. So I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that that's the stuff that I just geek out and love and just yeah. see those things uh just mm-hmm. kind of kind of interesting about bringing in other people and how that worked uh yeah i like the fella kuti stuff too you know you, you mentioned something uh, this is a kind of a bigger thing but the solo versus beatles focus and i wonder if it was because this was geared the audience might have been a more casual audience that you're not going to want to hear him most people won't want to hear him dissecting uh, Magneto and Titanium Man or kind of obscure solo tunes like they would want to hear Michelle or Yesterday or things like that. But I don't know. What do you think about the, the audience and the, the solo balance? They, I mean, they probably... My my guess is there was a lot that they filmed that they edited, you know, had to edit down to what they edited into the show and i feel like they probably stuck with top beatles i mean and they obviously did top beatles hits and a few of the paul solo stuff just like his concerts yeah 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 Uh, but there was enough there were a few kind of oddities and I I thought that they did a, go- a good job of not just picking Paul song. Oh yeah, that's true. But like, there's something. There's why my guitar gently weeps. There's like all these other things. Tomorrow never knows. Yeah. yeah. So so I feel like they did a good. They did a decent job of kind of like giving you some of the. I just wish there would have been more mm-hmm. of the uh, solo stuff. Yeah. Being on the run is here. And Waterfalls is here, which was interesting. Yes. That he, he chose Waterfalls. So we'll get to that. The first thing I want to mention, though, is this Mrs. Mills piano. Yes, yes. And they had footage of Mrs. Mills. He's talking about Mrs. Mills. As soon as they show Mrs. Mills playing the piano, you're like, oh, that's what that's where that's where that style comes from. Yeah, so Lady Madonna. Like yeah. yeah, I felt like, oh, wow, I'm seeing the – like we're seeing directly the influence. Mm-hmm. It's really – like those moments are like really great in this uh, yes. thing. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, totally, totally. Oh, and then band on the run. Uh, did you notice that when they played band on the run, it had some like talking on the tape yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, at the mm-hmm. beginning, like watch all of the children walking <laughs> through this. Yep, that yeah. kind of thing. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I, very interesting stuff, and then 
on the third. Are we ready for the third episode? Yeah. Oh, one last thing on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> just a couple of funny uh, moments here. He goes, no, it sounds good. You know, it's great. You know, that's fine. You know, he talked about <laughs> making mistakes. Uh huh. He's like, no, it sounds good. It's great. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's fine. Yeah, because they talked. Yeah, Ruben asked him about, you know, nowadays you could just go back and fix that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, it's 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 fine. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and then he and then he and then he said, uh, uh, with waterfalls, he was saying he didn't like the sense, you know, like he would have put yeah. regular strings instead of the censoring. And then Rick Rubin like was like, no, they sound. I think it's what made made it sound modern. And he's like, well, I can have regrets. They don't have to be right. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just one of my favorite little moments good there. good Paul quips in there. Oh, yeah. and he played a new song. Did you notice that? At the very end of uh, episode two, he plays a brand new thing he's working on. Yes, that's right. He did. He did. And, and Rick At the was piano, like, right? of course, was like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and, and he's like, you know, uh, and, and he said, I'm just trying to find a little thing that sounds nice. I thought that was yeah. a nice quote of his theory. That's a pretty, I think that describes... Paul pretty well compared to yeah. John who's like I'm trying to find something profound that says something or that yes. makes a point or a message I think Paul just wants to make people happy and play stuff he likes yeah yeah so well in episode 103 Paul McCartney plays tribute to pays tribute to some of the artists that influenced the Beatles he discusses the band's trip to India and the expansion of the Beatles music and consciousness yeah, this one, this one, there was. I, I feel feel like there was less of this uh, being at the board, mm -hmm. uh, and more talking about like Little Richard. Uh, he talks about yep. Little Richard for quite some time. Talks about seeing Roy Orbison write Pretty Woman. Yeah, that was, was interesting. Yeah. Kind of weird, and uh, talks a little bit about the Kinks and Dylan mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. So. Oh, and he said, remember, he has a story about Phil Spector saying, oh. like, you guys waste all of your songs putting them on B-sides. That's right. Just put, like, an instrumental version of the song on the B-side. Then you get paid twice. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, there wasn't – it wasn't a, a, a whole time – like, they played I, And I Love Her, Babies in Black – which mm -hmm. was interesting. Yeah, stop on that one for a second. I think he was making a point that for, at the beginning they were, we've heard this story all the time, you know, at the beginning we were writing songs to our fans, thank you, girl, please, please me, you, yeah. she loves yeah. you. And then he, he talked about you know, Babies in Black, which that's not, I mean, it's an okay song, it's never been one of my favorites, but he talked about how he and John, that was one of their favorites that they just kept playing on, concerts because they liked playing it and it was their Everly Brothers thing I found that interesting yeah yeah I, I, I'd, I'd never I noted the Everly Brothers influence so once again it's a great example of how this thing did a great job of like drawing a direct line of the influence to the song yeah exactly yeah um, and then they, they, they of course the uh, in the if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the uh, funny moment uh, in Lucy in the Sky where oh, they're just yeah. playing it, and then a screwed up vocal. 
uh, and he and he winces and then yeah. cuts everything down. And he's like, "That's why we don't go into the tapes." <laughs> that was a good one. Um, and then it was a, it was a very interesting. Uh, once again, another interesting choice to go, dear Prudence. Yeah, talking about the the Prudence Pharaoh episode. Well, because they were talking about going to India, and then how that song came about, and that you can really hear that's one of my favorite songs and you can really hear the uh, he separated the bass part from everything else and just hearing paul, and he kept he'd, he'd ask i like when he would ask paul he'd kind of push him on the musical stuff like did you record that live or was that afterwards or how did you hear yeah. the tapes or what were you doing just to that was good i like the when ruben would press him on the the musical things and you could hear it yeah, he at one point he asks him like, uh, do, do, "Would you ever take a guitar and then and then add piano onto it?" Mm-hmm. You know that kind of yeah. That, those kind of questions I thought that were probing that were actually about the actual tracks and his yes. choices uh, during the tracks. Now, Paul, you know, <laughs> the answers maybe sometimes aren't as good. Yeah, uh, but I thought I thought for the most part they were good answers and were like candid answers mm-hmm. and not your typical questions that he's getting no know? no that's true what was it like to be writing with john yeah or what like, was ed Sullivan? what was it like to go to well he <laughs> he repeated the i guess it's a canard that people that that uh, the beatles went to uh wouldn't go to america until they had a number one hit you hear that one all the time but that's been debunked yeah. now that Ed Sullivan had already wanted to to book them, so that was not a prerequisite for them coming. So there's a couple of, we'll get yeah. to we'll get to those, but uh, uh, yeah. uh, there this this episode three though has the maybe the all time fantastic McCartney is, <laughs> <laughs> where he's talking about how busy they were, like right like, you know, you go down. The pace you'd be working out, it was like, go down, do the solo, and then come on. Then, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, good, great, yeah, next. <laughs> like, something like that. It was cracked me up. I rewinded it, watched it again. Go down, do the solo, yeah. <laughs> Some classic, classic Paul. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so far, so good. Uh, yeah. Three episodes. Pretty, pretty great. So then we get to the fourth one, which is where they discuss musical experimentation and the Beatles' mm-hmm. drive to break boundaries. The episode features segments on Ringo and Fifth Beatle producer George Martin. And something we may not have mentioned already, but and I, I did actually like this, is that it the series darts around all the play all the time. It's not chronological. So you, yeah, you kind of like, why would you have Ringo in this episode when you're talking about how, like meeting him in Hamburg when you're talking about tomorrow never knows or something. I like that. I like that. It's kind of keeps you focused. Yeah. I I do think it could have come off as very haphazard all over the place. And I feel like it, it, it doesn't. No, no, And it does. It does. Like there is a something, you know, cause he's, they're they're talking about uh they talked about the nowhere man the sort of treble sound yeah and then recording cool. the treble sound in a even more treble way like pushing <laughs> the the board that past the limits for George's guitar to make it super trebly yeah yeah and then when you're talking about you you don't think of Maxwell S- Silverhammer you don't th- uh, the first thing you, 
pops into your mind isn't Robert Moog. No, no. But th- there's this guy called Robert Moog. <laughs> this guy's upstairs. <laughs> um, you know, and and they're playing that, and he's like, your bass, your bass here sounds like a tuba. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. 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 <laughs> and then Paul imitates uh, uh, the tuba. Yeah. And then... Uh, Hard Day's Night. They were t- they hmm. showed how that lick was recorded at half speed. Yep. Um, and then you know, obviously, Tomorrow Never Knows comes up, and and even another girl. They're playing, which you don't think another, no. another girl's like an experimental tune, but th- that they when they dropped everything out, but the country, but the country rhythm track, mm-hmm. the him and him and um, Ringo. So. Um, yeah, so it was, it was very, you know, it did, but of course, live and let die, which I thought was like maybe the single best, like lengthy dissection. And they pointed out very cool breakdown and they point out how it ends on a, ends on a chord that's sort of like the beginning of a story. Yeah. Like a really for the movie. Yeah. For the movie. Yeah. And I never caught this. But that whole Jamaican bit, mm-hmm. it's because he read the book and the Live and Let Die of the movie takes place in the Caribbean. Makes sense. So uh-huh. that's why there's that Jamaican part. It's sort of like a reggae kind of like, what does it matter yeah. to you? That it's whole play. It's not just because Linda liked reggae, as the books tell you. <laughs> that's exactly. That's yeah. what I have always assumed. It's like, oh, well, that, play, that part, it yeah. sounds cool. But, you know, now I'm like, not only does it sound cool, but it was like specifically for the yeah. flavor of the film. So I, I, I always have loved living that die anyway. Oh yeah, it yeah. just had gave me gave me a little extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. But what is the highlight of the whole series, Dave? That they dig deep into the tapes on. Yeah, check. <laughs> My machine. <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> I thought of you when I saw that, and and he was so. Speaking of McCartney histrionics, he was imitating it. He was dancing. He was, he was loving "Check My Machine." Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird track to choose. Yeah. Because it's not it's not even on the original album, right? Right. Dave? No, it's, no, it was a B side. Uh, yeah. B-side. Uh, uh, totally unexpected, but it, it did kind of like in retrospect, it kind of fit in with all the other things they were talking about all the experimental type stuff yeah uh that's you know one of his more experimental albums mccartney too where you know he's just kind of uh goof around with uh uh a lot of tapes and synths and yeah 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 so but uh yeah totally unexpected that was a great moment (laughs) no i i thought of you because that's one of your favorites so i loved it (laughs) I, well, and I thought it. I thought it, it showed that they could have done more of the solo stuff, right? Right. And and talked. I would have loved to gotten more of the so like. Oh, here's uh, uh here's one. What was it like writing with for uh, flowers in the dirt? Mm. Writing with, uh, with Elvis Costello, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or oh, here's say say say. Let's talk about you know. Well, maybe you don't <laughs> want to talk about that one. But... <laughs> A couple comments from that episode. Uh, I thought it was odd when they were playing Tomorrow Never Knows, the first take, 
that Paul was acting like he'd never heard it before. He was sort of like mysteriously like, oh, oh, I don't know this. Yet we have video of him and George and Ringo with George Martin sitting in the studio on the the anthology, listening to it and talking about it. So I thought that was weird. Did you notice that? He seemed like baffled by it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he puts on a little bit of a sort of like you do when you're an interviewer. Where you you know the answer. Ah, uh, yeah. Of what question you're asking. I think he's like playing a sort of like part sometimes. Mm-hmm. That would make of sense. Like, of like, oh, well, oh, that's interesting. You oh, know, that's like, me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, to that end, then, also on Another Girl, Ruben asked him, well, who's playing guitar on this one? He's like, I don't know. I don't remember. Could have been me. Probably sounds like me. Wasn't very precise. And it, it is him. And I thought that was interesting. Either he didn't remember or, like you said, maybe it was kind of a a calculated thing. But it did seem sort of sincere. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah, guys recorded so much music. I just, I don't know how he can't remember everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, yeah, it didn't bother me, bother me. No. Yeah, I I got what you were saying in in a couple spots of like, well, obviously he's heard this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we know, as you've pointed out on the podcast several times, whenever we've talked about Paul's acting abilities, he was the by far the weakest Beatle as an actor. Uh, <laughs> so he, he doesn't cover yeah. it very well. <laughs> yeah. So for episode five, we have Paul talks about finding his place in the band and the evolution of the Beatles' sound and identity. This episode also focuses on a few of McCartney's iconic contributions to the band. What all did he, they play on this one? Lovely Rita, This Boy. Uh, this Boy, of course. Uh, you can't help hearing him listen to This Boy, oh. which is amazing. Yeah. But think about there's a video of George listening to This yep. Boy yep. years later. Wonderful. So I was like, all we need now is a Ringo doc. <laughs> Play him this boy and let's get his reaction. Yeah, the, this this episode just generally I th- I felt was kind of weakest as far as like insights go. Mm-hmm. It didn't, didn't really, you know, he's like no nobody else was gonna be the bass player, so I did it. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It's like one of the things. It was like okay, well that's you know that in that section I didn't know, and I guess I haven't finished. Uh, I should read read the full Mark Lewison, but uh, maybe he talks about this, but uh, that Paul was playing, was the piano player for a while when Stu was playing bass and there, and he would turn his back to the, the audience. We thought, we knew Stu did that, but, but sure enough, there was a picture of them and Paul was sitting at the piano kind of with singing, but with his back to the audience. And it was kind of fascinating. He was mm-hmm. so, he said he was, didn't feel confident there which is not yeah. what we think of as Paul's very confident usually. So, yeah. yeah. Uh probably the, the the couple of highlights in this episode uh, the taxman solo I thought was yes. uh, uh, interesting. Yes. And them talking about James Jameson Marvin Gaye's bassist and yeah. sort of linking it to come together and the sort of bass sound of that and how busy the bass is and come together um I thought that was uh, pretty cool, and then uh, and then they played junk, but it kind of it was sort of that was the the I, I liked the song junk a lot. Oh yeah, 
It was the most nothing. It was just sort of like them sitting there while Chunk was playing. Just enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Wow. (laughs) Just sort of like that. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, And then they did play Maybe I'm Amazed, and there was a. That was kind of cool because there was this high pitched sort of lick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, did you include this? I don't think so. No. It was very annoying, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but that was something cool. Like, like that's the sort of stuff that you're, the diehard fans are going to love because we we don't know that we've never heard it that way, and so and and to his credit, Paul didn't try to sing. Maybe I'm amazed when he was playing it at the piano. He just played it instrumentally so we could all hear the chords, and uh, that was that was probably for the best. So. Uh, <laughs> Our last episode uh, is where they discuss his songwriting evolution, his creative partnership with John Lennon, and his development as a solo artist. Well, of course, you hear the Yesterday Dream, uh, which, uh, which we've all heard. But, was... you know, there are a, 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 a break. There's, there's yeah. <laughs> some people out there that haven't heard the Yesterday story. So I know, it's, it's I know. Nice to, you know and, and even... Even the stories I heard before and the gym, oh, Jimmy Hendrix, and two days later, Jimmy played it. Yeah, that, that, that's Those tough. type of stories, I, it's fine. They, they, you know, they, they, they at least handled them, I thought, in a, in a very kind of like artistic way. And it was, it was kind of like nicely, nicely told and st- straightforwardly told. That's these true. These stories. But there was a little too maybe one or two too many of the, yeah, like, you and I are, don't need to hear the yesterday dream no, story. No, the old chestnuts were there again. So yeah. I did. I did think in this one that they did a good. There were very few songs actually. It's just yesterday, and your bird can sing. Yeah, which was which very cool. Was just fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, and a good deep dive too in that one. Like this is where it's like really uh, uh, shines such a master of uh you know potting things up and potting things down yeah rick rubin because uh, he was like sh- showing that odd solo yeah and then kind of like how that juxtaposed with the regular beat and it's mm-hmm. like this is a totally different song than this you know how you chose to do this and and put it with this is uh unbelievable you know we saw a lot um, of that throughout the whole series the these uh, you just play the rhythm tracks and then you'd play the guitar and it did seem like almost two different songs and that that just shows i think the the brilliance of their minds and willingness to to juxtapose and superimpose things that weren't what you expected all the time and that that was a great example and and ruben really liked the guitar yeah those guitar duets uh and where they they were played so that i thought that was a very effective section yeah, and and he it did a very similar thing in the a day in the life, which ends the yeah. you know they really deep dive into day in the life, and he's talking about how the song with the John just the John part has this sort of dreamy energy, sort of vocals and the and the guitar and everything, and then in comes the driving bass and drums, and I distinctly remember him saying, it in a different suggestion than the mic the song might. The different direction than the song might suggest. Right, right. So, um, yeah, that that was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, here, there, and everywhere, they talked about that in the songwriting uh, kind of process of that of him just waiting for John to wake up. 
Right. <laughs> so he had time to write a great song. That was funny. But then another, another there was another weird thing that people have been talking about is Paul talked about how he brought here, there, and everywhere to, when they were filming Help in the Alps. And that, that he took the finished recording, but that couldn't have been possible because Help was before uh, Revolver. So... Ha, the, the chronology didn't seem quite right and that John talked about how great it was and it's one of my favorite songs of yours so there was some some debate about that story as well mm. uh, yeah I don't, I don't know exactly on on that and the details of, of yeah. those little things so yeah so uh, but uh, general and, and of course day in the life and then oh you know what I found oh. out is that <laughs> if you, you play the piano, you can hold the note for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did the whole thing about the dog whistle, the dog tone oh, at the yeah. end, too. Yeah. This yep. is just yep. for dogs. Yeah. So uh, I liked all that, though. I thought mm-hmm. I thought he was, I you know, he's very entertaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and really sharp. You know, that's this is the kind of documentary that I wish we would have had a long time ago when Paul was really you know on top of his game and still really in it because it's the musical insights that i think make him most interesting it's not just reminiscing and telling the same old stories about Jimi hendrix and yesterday you know it's seeing the it, like how did you write this what what why did you put an anvil on this track why did you you know yeah. that stuff is and i yeah. and to actually make him answer it and he did and i thought that was really Really great. I'm glad it just took so long to get to yeah, something I thought like this. Number one was that. Number one was that. The the to me was all of the insights during the while they're sitting yes. and listening. Yes. And sometimes it's just the enjoyment of him listening to himself and enjoying it. Sure. Sure. It just gives you enough joy. I could. I could. They could play because at times they'd play like other things. And be listening to other things like you. You could have another whole series where Paul's just listening to like other artists. I, there, there is that great little. Uh, he was on that Ronnie Wood show. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's this great little segment in that where he they're listening to um, Cheek to Cheek. Mm-hmm. The Fred and Astaire. Paul's talking yeah. about how the the vocals are very pure. Yeah. Uh, um, just great. Like let, let, yeah. Tim's just there listening to cheek to dancing cheek to cheek. So, yeah, I found that those moments great. But what I didn't expect that I think they did a fantastic job was drawing the lines, like we've said a few times in this episode already, of influence to this mm-hmm. part, the the Mrs. Mills to Lady Madonna and that kind of thing. That was like very very well done. Yeah, making those edited. connections. Yeah. Yeah. That's like getting you stories and then editors going in there and really pulling some great clips and, and putting them in there. And so I, I felt like it did. Oh, and, that, and they end with great, a gr- awesome song every time. Might not even relate to the episode at all. I think you you know <laughs> yeah, my name. Did. Look up my number was yep. one of the things. That was one of them. Uh, uh, and they opened with a cool, like, it was always like some element of one of the songs mm-hmm. or a little bit of studio chatter or something like that so yeah. uh, uh i just loved it i need a season two dave well Give me a season two i saw another rumor on 
online with people saying that they supposedly recorded about a hundred hours of right. material, which would then lead to a maybe McCartney six five four or uh, whatever you want, whatever number, but something else. So maybe there will be uh, an, another set. Hopefully, talking about some of the solo stuff, like more recent things too, would well, be nice. Yeah, I I was really surprised that there wasn't any. Like, hey, let's listen to a little something from Martin Cartney 3. Yeah, like recent something. stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was, the most recent song they played was Check My Machine, I think. Yeah. The Waterfalls. Think, yeah, right? you're right. Like McCartney 2, 1980, yeah. Uh, it's like, jeez, uh, like, there's so much great <laughs> yeah. stuff since then. I know, guy. I know. Let's, let's hear, <laughs> let's hear, take it away. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, whole bunch of choices. Any of those. Tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, bro? Something from uh, because Flaming I don't think it was ever or, really reflected yeah. on no, no things from say chaos and creation or no something like that. You know, True. so it'd be it'd be kind of cool to dig into some of those more recent tracks as well. And so I I hope that they in some way or another I would think that this is going to be super popular mm-hmm. and that hulu would be like hey let's get let's have a season two of this follow up yeah definitely yeah yeah i also heard somebody else say rick rubin they they thought rick rubin did a fantastic job and that you should do it with other other people hmm. like that's pull, a good idea you know yeah. do a, pull mick jagger or somebody yeah, some, somebody <laughs> like, else in there and yeah yeah uh, uh, so i i i yeah i think i yeah i loved it i i really hope that they do do more of it and what do you think Will. about what do you think about Paul recording with Rick Rubin? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I I I like uh, you know, like he recorded with Nigel Godrich from um, Radiohead. Radiohead fame. Yeah. I I like when he switches up and he you know does okay. Well, I did one. You would think he just did one that he produced himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it would be time for him to do an album with somebody else. Yeah. So we'll maybe see. They'll, maybe they'll get together. I mean, great stuff that Rick Rubin got out of Johnny Cash in his final years. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, tremendous stuff. Tremendous. Yeah. And when he mm-hmm. had him do hurt. Oh yeah. Most people are like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. No. So good in yeah. my life. He did. And I'm doing Mo- a Moby song. Yeah. He yeah. He, he was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh but yeah I, I loved it i really enjoyed it and um i was it was you know and when we were talking about uh news it was sort of the third like the mm-hmm. oh well yeah this other thing's coming out too right and now it's like wow this this was so great and i watched i've watched it twice mm-hmm. through, straight through and anybody listening to this if you haven't if you haven't watched it, you probably listened to the first five minutes yeah. of this podcast and then like ran to Hulu to watch it. Yes, yes. Uh, and I, if you haven't watched it and we spoiled some things, we're still not spoiling it. No, there's a lot more. And, mm-hmm. and there's more stuff in there. Uh, uh, I c- can't uh, say higher things about it. And it really feels like this is like the start of a six-month period here. Where we're getting this, we're getting his book, mm-hmm. which is a gigantic book, yeah. like two chapter book. Yeah, we're getting the the Disney Plus. Yeah, the Get series, Back, mm-hmm. Get Back, 
we're getting the Get Back book. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting something weird, which, the <laughs> day, Dave, we chose this day to record, and then uh, today on Twitter is some weird cryptic uh, <laughs> thing on Paul's Twitter page, which is saying, Paul, like you've never seen him before, coming July 22nd. And that's tomorrow. So that's tomorrow. So so by now you know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, well, interesting. And we might get we might get some uh, other sets. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We, who knows? One of his archive series sets. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, I think overall this is a must see for every one of our listeners. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It goes by very quickly. It doesn't drag uh, because they they keep you interested with all the footage with the the different audio tracks uh i think if you're a diehard and you're expecting a ton of new insights you won't get them but you will get some and i think you'll still enjoy it anyway so i i would uh, concur with you and and say this is a must watch absolutely yeah i was i was very I was impressed yeah yeah so yeah we could I'm, be we could have been on here just being like, "Well, oh, man, we heard all those dumb stories." But yeah. no. So I think it's uh, very interesting. So maybe it, it does take if you think about it, it takes people who are not in Paul's generation to kind of bring something out of him and maybe change the setting a little bit. So so good good job Rick Rubin and hey, you're amazing. Wow, fantastic. <laughs> and uh it was it was good. So well, uh, before we go, we want to plug one more time our new YouTube series, Song Album Career. Oh, that's right. We just had a new uh, episode go up just yesterday. We posted the career episode of The Velvet Underground. So if you like The Velvet Underground, or if you don't know anything about The Velvet Underground, yeah, uh, it'd be great to toe dip into that. We've got a couple more in the can that takes a little time for me to edit. Yeah. I'll get better at editing, Dave, but it <laughs> takes a while. And, you know, I, I've i watched other people's videos and, and, and uh, uh, not uh, knocking anything anybody else is doing. But what we're trying to do is just add a little to not just give us – nobody wants to just look at my face. <laughs> they also kind of want some information. And yes. Some, some things like that. Well, go check it out. We'll put the link in the description in our uh, usual episode and uh, be back with a new episode soon. So thanks for listening.